You're listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Today, we're interviewing Zach Condi, one of our elders and one of our small group leaders. We'll be learning from his experiences with his small group. You're listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Our goal is to equip small group leaders at Brook Hills and beyond to make disciples through effective group ministry. You'll hear from Jay Gordon, who has more than 30 years of experience in leading church small group ministries. And he'll be joined by Chris Amaro, one of the small group leaders for the Church of Brook Hills. And often, you'll also enjoy interviews with other small group leaders. So, enjoy the commute, and thanks for listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Well, Chris, the plane is in the air. It <laughs> was a rough start, man. Yeah, yeah, we had to redo our uh, intro about 17 times. <laughs> it was worth it, though. It was good to get a good laugh. Yeah, yeah, it, it's good to start out with a laugh. Well, my world has changed. I have heard. Yes. It, in a cute way, too. Yes, in a very cute way. Finley, is, Finley Elizabeth Gordon has arrived on wow. planet Earth. And I used to say that, you know, all babies look the same, but she is the cutest. Of course. Yeah. Of course, yes. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. That's so exciting. So Thank your you. first grandbaby. First grandbaby. Wow. Yeah. So that's I've, cool. I'm, I'm terrified and thrilled to one day experience yes. that. <laughs> yes. I think uh, our guests and I, not together, right. that'd be no. weird, <laughs> but <laughs> we, we have a lot of time before we get to yes. that point. Yes. So. You're just saying that I'm old and that's, I'll take it. In a very kind way. Yes. yes in a very kind <laughs> way. Yes. That works. Well, we welcome Zach. Uh, it's been uh Fun to get to know Zach better over the last year or two. And um, so, Zach, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, it's good to be here with you guys. Um, I have been here at Brook Hills for about 10 years now. I've been an elder uh, just starting this year. I'm the newest elder, I guess. So, yeah, and uh, good to be here with you tonight. Yeah, excited, man. Yeah, how many elders came on with you? Uh, three others, and they were all coming back on. So okay. I was the only new elder. Okay. Cool. The rookie. So he's the mm-hmm. rookie. There's cool. our baseball reference for the night. Yes, yeah, there, you <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we we are sitting here with a Red Sox fan, a Braves fan, and drum roll, a world champion Astros go, fan. Big Astros wow. fan here. Yeah. All right. So was was Saturday night just like earth shattering? It was pretty fun, guys. Not gonna lie. So yeah, it was. Uh, so quick backstory, but when we won our first World Series, we were in the hospital with our firstborn or our, oh. our second child, Ellis. So that oh. was a really special moment holding yeah. her. And so yeah. uh, I let her stay up a little bit and watch this game with me. And so it was fun just kind of recreating some of those moments with her. So. Yeah. How old is she? She is just turned five. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I believe the Astros are the first team to win at home yeah, like on home field. Five or six years, something like that. Or Since the Red Sox? Maybe. One at home? I believe so. You're looking at me. I don't know. We need to look that up. That's what I heard. I don't know. Yeah, I, I yeah. keep up I with the Braves. Biased. If it's not the Braves, I don't remember it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us a little bit more about your family. Yeah. So I'm married to Danielle. I've been married for going on eight years. Ooh, almost slipped on that one. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. We kids. all do. <laughs> we have three kids, uh, Sayla, Ellis, and Cal. Sorry, it is eight years. I just crossed my mind as I was talking. <laughs> we have three kids. Sayla uh, is about to turn seven. Ellis just turned five. And Cal is one and a half. Okay. Getting closer to two. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And which child's your favorite? I'm kidding. You don't, don't answer that. Don't Ask answer. me later. Yeah. <laughs> we know it's your grandbaby right now. Right? Well, That's I, your favorite. Yeah. If I had to answer, yeah. Uh, I, would, I would say that. So, well, cool. Um, well, what do you do? Yeah. So I work for a Christian nonprofit called Servant Life, and we mobilize churches on mission trips. So we work with a lot of missionaries around the world who are looking for short-term teams to come serve with them. And then we mobilize churches in the U.S. who maybe don't have an organic mission partner, and we sort of connect churches and missionaries uh, together for short-term trips. That's so, cool. So yeah. you must travel a good bit. 
I do get to travel some. I'll be in Mexico in a few weeks, um, visiting a partner there. Um, yeah, so getting to meet partners and, and checking on relationships and things like that. Okay, so what's the, what's the most extravagant, exotic place you've been? Maybe exotic's Ooh. not the right word, but uh, mm, <laughs> probably say. not on a work trip. But with with Brook Hills, I've been to Egypt, and that was probably one of my favorite oh, places. That's okay, and we we just talked about that. Yeah, yeah I, I got to go recently and yeah. uh, got to see the pyramids, ride a camel, yeah, meet some friends there, and uh, also. Um, was on my way to a mission trip to Slovenia and ended up with COVID and uh, quarantined in the in the hotel room for a few days. That was not fun. Just like you planned it, right? Yeah, just like I planned it. So, Jay, you're the only only person I've ever met that has actually made a detour to another continent on a mission trip. Hey, I've had it. <laughs> I love it. It was an incredible story. So, yes, it was. It was stuff. It was yeah. fun. And thanks for mentioning COVID again for the 87th time. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, you know, we started, Zach, we started the podcast pretty much during COVID. And yeah. about 20 episodes in, we, we were going, okay, we need to do an episode without mentioning the word. And um, I'd venture to say, what? how many have we done now? 60 something. But anyway, I bet you the word COVID or pandemic has been mentioned in well over half of well, them. Well, here's the next one. Maybe be in the one. To, to not say That's there right. Go. That's right. There you go. All right. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about your small group. Yeah, so good segue because we actually started during COVID. So okay. we, we formed <laughs> in August of 2020, which remember COVID started earlier that year. There was sort of a lull period there. And after the summer when things restrictions were sort of loosening up and we thought, hey, maybe we're reaching the end of this COVID thing. And um, so we started our small group then in August and um, sort of right in the perfect time where things were open because later that winter, things sort of got a little hairy yeah. again and had to mm-hmm. slow down and we did a little bit of zooming for a while, but yeah, so we've been meeting for a little over two years now. Um, going back to then on campus, off campus, off campus. We, we actually co-lead with another couple. So myself and Danielle and the Strickland's Rachel and Drew Strickland. Oh yeah. And so we, um, we meet in both of our homes. We alternate between our house and theirs. Very cool. cool. Yeah. Very so we cool. meet on Tuesday nights. Very cool. How far apart do you live? Uh, about 30 seconds apart. Oh, uh, wow. We're like <laughs> a, a street and a half away from each other. So that works well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Makes, makes things easy. So. Child care coming in, or do y'all have yeah, people we bring designated? Yeah, we bring in a babysitter or two every week to watch our kids. We have about um, 15 to 16 adults and probably about the same number of kids. And so we'll let the yeah. kids watch a movie and you know be with babysitters while we get to meet for a little bit. Very cool. That's cool. Yeah, a lot of groups, um, off-campus group, groups particularly, that's probably the biggest challenge that yeah. they face. And so um, any tips on, uh, you know, child care? Like, what have y'all found that works well? What any tips on what to avoid or any yeah, thoughts there? And, and I'll be honest, there's a degree to which we just embrace the chaos sometimes because, you know, there might be 12, 15 kids or whatever, and maybe 10 or 12 of them are watching the movie, but there's the one and a half year old who's definitely yeah, sure. not going to be, yeah. he's just bebopping around the room while we're doing Bible study. And, you know, I think for some people, maybe that's distracting, but most of our group use it as just part of right. you know, being in relationship and yeah. it's cute and, you know, baby's making fart noises or whatever during, during Bible study. Like you just got to roll with it, right? There you go. That's called so, life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And so even, um, you know, our group is couples and singles. And I think for some of the singles, it feels a little more homely just when you know, we're doing Bible study and mm-hmm. the babies in the room and that sort of thing. So we just embrace it. That's exciting. How many singles do you have in your small group? Six. I think we have, so we oh, have wow. five couples okay. and then three single guys and three single girls. That is really cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. Cool. So kind of a good blend. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully um, no matchmaking. No, no. no okay. Not, that's good. That's not that we know of. <laughs> um, Let that happen we'll, on its own. Maybe we'll look back on this and say, hey, there was something, but no. So did you guys come out of another small group when you started? Danielle and I had been. Um, we've been in the same small group for like almost eight years with the Whitakers. I think you know Noah pretty yep. well. Great friends of ours. They're at a different church in Moody now. They live out in Moody. But um, we've been there for a long time. And I think Danielle and I sensed that we were probably 
ready to start leading a group, but we didn't, we didn't really feel right to just kind of declare that we were sort of waiting for the Lord to open that door. And during that season, the other group was undergoing some transition. And then we met some people like the Strickland's close to us who were looking for a group. And we sort of said, okay, here's an opportunity to, to step up and lead. And so that's kind of how it all came together. Yeah. Cool. Were the Strickland's kind of looking to lead or did you kind of throw that out there to them? How did that come about? Um, And so their group was sort of um, disbanding. I don't know if that's the right word, but they reached that stage when a lot of families started having kids Mm -hmm. and they were trying to figure out how do we meet? What does this look like? We use the term transitioning. Transitioning. Yeah, Yeah, sorry. That's a strong word. (laughs) No, Uh, I'm just kidding. There are a lot of words we use. Some are worse than disbanding is a word I use quite often. So no worries there. Well, and and I think this is something that I've learned. So many groups struggle when they reach that stage of, hey, you know, we're meeting as young couples. That's easy. But once all of a sudden you have one, two or three kids, like, what does this look like? And some people want to be on campus. Some people want to be in home. Some people have different philosophies. Some people don't want to be out late. And so I think they were kind of reaching that stage where they're like, okay, they were on different pages. And so their group was sort of going in different directions. Yeah. And we just talked to them and said, hey, you know, we're thinking about leading a group. Would you guys want to do it with us? And sort of, they were like, yeah, let's do it. So, all right. Yeah. Cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yep. What are you guys studying now in group? We're going through Acts. So this is the first oh, okay, time okay. Yeah. we've been doing what Brook Hills is doing. We've sort of just been studying books of the Bible on our own prior to this. We thought, hey, let's really embrace this. So we haven't caught up yet, though. We were finishing going through Hebrews. And so we're we're going to be in Acts, the end of Acts 4 and Acts 5 tomorrow. So we're just a little bit behind. We're catching up, trying to catch up. All right. So. Cool. That's very cool. That's cool. Are you using the uh, Christ-centered commentary? Yeah, we are. So yeah. that's what we've been using. We'll, we'll use the sermon guides a little bit, the those small group guides, when we get a little further along catch up. But yeah, we're using that book too. I love the Christ-centered exposition series. Yeah, yeah I've really, I've done four or five books now with those and just really, really love it. Yeah, they're so good. Um, the Tony Marita, uh, Philippians, probably my favorite of, the, of them. Seriously, I could read it cover to cover. Mm. It's so good. Yeah. That's cool. Hey, just a tip to some of the small group leaders out there that are building their library on a budget. A lot of times my first check is to eBay to see, oh, yeah. you know, what I can get. And um, for some reason, even though those commentaries are relatively new, often you can scoop, in, scoop them up for $5, shipping included. And I'm like, wow, what a deal. You know? yeah. so, <laughs> <laughs> well, a secondary tip too, there's a, a couple of us that pretty much have everyone. So if you're looking to borrow one, Come see me. There Come see Jay. Yeah. <laughs> we probably have a couple of copies. And by the way, we actually uh, the set is not complete yet. They're still right. they're still Writing putting them. some out. But we actually bought uh, as much of a set as we can get and have it in a small group library. So we have those that can be borrowed cool. as well. Yeah, they still haven't printed Genesis. No, mm. I've it's on back order for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are some things you love about your group, Zach? Oh man, good question. Um, I, I think, you know, I was, I was kind of anticipating this question, you know, what's going well in our group and that sort of thing. And I think we have a very well-rounded group uh, is one of the things that I love. You know, I don't know that we're doing anything exceptionally well, but um, I feel like our group really encourages one another and challenges one another. And we do the fellowship thing well, and we pray for one another and we really enjoy being together. You know, it's uh, even our kids, like it's a gift. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. I was telling someone the other day, one of the most severe punishments you can give in our household is to threaten that kids won't get to go to small wow. groups. Like wow. that's, uh, that's good. It's not like candy or that's TV. Strong. It's like, hey, you're not going to get to go to small groups tonight. And that's like, okay, okay. <laughs> that's when got, the big eyes come real. out. Um, so I can yeah. just see the kids going, but dad, it's at our house. Yeah, know, right, right. <laughs> You'll be in your room. We'll have no. um, never done that yet, but it's been threatened. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I just think... Um, yeah, there's, there's just some healthy dynamics and encouragement and, and mutual, just good relationships there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Back to the singles question, like, did you start out with couples and singles or did, 
Did yeah. the dynamic change somewhere along the way? Yeah, you know, we, we intended to be, I don't know if multi-generational is the word, but we intended to be somewhat of a mixed group in the, you know, where anybody could jump in and join. Um, we are all about roughly the same age. You know, most people are mid to late twenties to early to mid thirties. Most people are in that, in that window, but um, yeah, we, we were just open to whoever would come and we started out with only a few singles and then we just had a few more trickle in. We've actually had a few um, Brook Hill staff members that have trickled in as singles. And so, yeah, it's, and I always feel like I need to tell singles, like, you know, there's a lot of couples in the group. You know, we might not be catering well to singles. It might not be a good fit, but those who come have, have loved it so far, yeah. I think. So. One of the things that I found is very interesting. A lot of times uh, groups are open to being uh, of different types, marital status and, you know, multi-generational. But often when somebody comes into that group, they don't want to be the only one. Right. And so it, it's good that um, you guys started off with the number mm-hmm. of those in the group because it others can come into that and feel right. comfortable. Yeah. yeah, that's a blessing. I, I could tell you, and I don't mind mentioning his name. He would be happy to hear his name mentioned, but Anthony in my, my group, he knows I have dropped the ball on him so many times by saying, yeah. okay, guys, let's pray, pray with our spouse. And yeah. he's a he's a single guy, and you know, he always looks at me like, it's okay. I forget <laughs> that. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah. it is it yeah. is great to have more than one because um, I do feel for, for Anthony just kind of feeling like he's on an island sometimes. Um, so it's hard to, to kind of study certain things as well. Sure. Um, I imagine you probably have to shift, you know, you and Drew both have to shift things to basically not project, but to deliver to both sides of that equation. To think well. more intentionally. Yeah. yeah. Even uh, I know the girls, like when they're having a girl time, I have to be intentional, not just to talk about marital stuff the whole time. Right. And you know, that's going to be exclusive to some of the single girls. So yeah, it just takes intentionality to to think about others and their needs. And we can all remember being in that stage of life. So it's, sure, it's all, yeah. it's very relevant, but yeah, just being thoughtful and considerate of where they're coming from, I think is important. Yeah. Any other things you really love about your group or things you'd say are going well? Um, like I said, man, we just, we just love being together. Yeah. I, I think, um, I, I personally feel this way. I leave encouraged every week and I, I hope that everyone feels that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we do a great job of studying the word and just encouraging one another, reminding each other, Hey, this is the gospel truth that we're living for. Like, let's go out and live it this week. Right. right. And kind of that, that midweek wind in your sails, if you mm-hmm. will, to man, I, I was so encouraged by so-and-so sharing this tonight and just the way that they're living their faith. I want to, I want to go live for the Lord tomorrow and the rest of the week, you know, just kind of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Do you guys, uh, do y'all have uh, some guy time, girl time? How, how is that structured? Yeah. So we group? do that. Um, every third or fourth week, we will not meet all together, but we'll have a guy night or a girl night. And normally it's only one of those. So like girls will meet and guys will keep the kids or whatever. And then oh, nice. a few weeks later, guys will meet and girls will keep the kids. So um, yeah. And those are really- when the guys keep the kids or girls keep the kids, are they coming together or are they just staying at home? With kids and yeah, the guys are mostly in their own homes because okay, we're putting gotcha. kids to bed or whatever. Gotcha, you know, guys. Uh, um, yeah, so guys would not be meeting on those nights, for example. But yeah, we do that, and I think that's really important too. That's that's where we feel like we go deeper. Uh-huh. Um, and like right now, I, the girls are doing this, but the guys we're we're sharing our testimonies in that setting because again, you can just be a little more open and vulnerable in a, in a same gender setting than you might be in a mixed setting. So um, yeah, those are really good healthy times. I feel like yeah, good. That's awesome. Good. Go ahead. So I'll, I'll ask the hard question. It's easy okay. to sit here and, and think selfishly and say, you know, oh, I wish my group was more mission focused or I wish my group was more yeah. serving focused or whatever. What What's a way that you wish you could serve your group better? What's a way that I wish I could serve my group better? Yeah. A way that you feel like you could improve as a leader. Oh, yeah. Not that um, you need any improvement at all because you're an awesome dude. <laughs> no, no. We, we could, this could fill multiple podcasts all the way. Um I wish that I was more intentional about seeking guys out individually and, you know, doing lunches and, and finding times to connect. Um, 
I can be real guilty of, you know, just seeing guys once a week and, and checking in and being intentional, but then not following up until the next week or whatever. And so um, that's an area, I mean, whenever I do do those things, I think you all know there's so much joy and value in just sharing a meal with a brother. And even if it's not super deep, there's a lot of value in that. Um, so I wish I was better about, um, you know, doing lunches or whatever that would look like. Absolutely. So, that's a good answer. Cool. What, um, you know, are there any challenges in your small group that, that, how would yeah. you answer that question? Yeah. Good, good question. Uh, if you're in my small group, please close your ears at this point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I think one challenge is uh, finding opportunities to serve together, mm-hmm. uh, especially with kids. That can be really tricky. You know, it's like, is there really a good opportunity where we can bring all of our kids or do we have to have babysitters or is it just the husbands or wives going to serve or whatever? Um, we've done a few things with city ministries. Um, there's been some cool opportunities. We've done some Saturday morning Mark's Village type opportunities, but that's an area where Drew and I were just talking about, you know, what are some ways we can kind of come up with new opportunities to serve together because that'd be a good area we want to grow in. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I'm often looking for areas in my group to give away some jobs, you mm-hmm. know, and, um, somebody to be a prayer leader or missions leader. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, do you, have you got any other roles you've given away to people in your group? We have a few roles, like someone's, you know, recording our prayer requests and sending those out and things like that. But, um, no, maybe we need a missions leader is what we need in our group. Yeah. I was <laughs> just thinking about that today. I've, um, I sent a lady in my group an email and said, uh, Hey, do you receive the city news? If not, would you like to, because, I just, I think she's very, you know, missions minded and would like to plug into that. And she's leading one of our missions things in, uh, in December, we're doing a meal for the ESL Mm -hmm. and she's coordinating that. And so I was thinking, Hey, you know, maybe get her on this list to lead some other things Mm -hmm. for us. So sometimes you can find somebody with a passion that's, Mm -hmm. uh, that's helpful and, and take some off of you as well. Yeah. That's a big part of that. Delegate, delegate. (laughs) You got to. (laughs) Yep. Um, tell me about, uh, your meetings and like, once you're into the teaching time, like how much teaching, how much discussion, how yeah. do you balance all of that? Yeah. Good question. And I feel like that's something that, um, shifts from week to week, depending on what we're studying, you know, just some, the narrative in acts feels different than, you know, what Paul's writing or we were yes. in first Samuel. So some of those things lend themselves differently, but normally on a, on a meeting night, we meet for about an hour and a half. And we probably spend the first almost 30 minutes of that just in fellowship time, mm-hmm. um, which I used to be more strict on. Like, man, we can only do 15 minutes of this. Right. And we get <laughs> but I realized like how much we need that fellowship time. Do you do a meal time. together or not? No, we don't. We okay. used to, and then we stopped during COVID, and we've just sort of never right. Right. mentioned it again. Um, yeah. <laughs> never, never, uh, Start muting you. <laughs> y'all mentioned it the first time. Not yes, me. that's but, right. Uh, We're guilty. Yeah, we never started back up. We've talked about it. We might. But anyway, so after 30 minutes, we have the last hour to you know be in prayer and be in the Word. And when we're in the Word— um, I feel like there's a good mix of teaching, but uh, really it's the it's the discussion time and the question where I f- uh, the questions where I feel like the most fruit comes in. And like I said earlier, there's just something beneficial. It's not that we're asking questions that we've never thought about before, or you know, reinventing the wheel, but just hearing your brother or sister in Christ, you know, what what God is teaching them, or hearing them answer a question and just hearing them preach the gospel over you. Mm-hmm. Th- those are some of the best and sweetest times I think where we're all encouraged. Um, it's not always the teacher that's doing the most encouraging. It might be right. that, that group member who just shares that one nugget of wisdom right. that you needed to hear. So, yeah. Do you pre-program, pre-program some questions or just kind of take it naturally with the discussion? How, how do you I, do that? Mostly? I definitely do. I'm not a gifted enough leader to uh, just fill out the discussion and come up with some on the fly. So yeah, I normally have some um, pre-programmed questions. I think Drew does as well, but um, yeah. So normally no, I know some points I want to hit along the way and s- some places to sit, but it, it sometimes like you guys probably realize there's things you're not thinking about. They're going to end up being the bigger conversations or whatever that maybe you didn't anticipate. So right. yeah. All right. 
Yeah, I've even shif- shifted before based on somebody, you know, what right. somebody shared when the whole lesson seemed to take another direction and even changed my challenge at the right. end. Right. You know, hey guys, I was planning on this, but I, I just feel like the Holy Spirit's telling us this. So let's let's focus on such and such in the right. coming week, you know, and sometimes the the thing just shifts, mm-hmm. you know, and so sometimes we need to go with the flow of go with, go with the Holy Spirit's leadership there too. Yeah. Yeah. It's very impactful to be flexible like that. I mean, I'd love to hear that both y'all are that way because you never know when you got to go to crisis mode, you know, when right. something comes up and you just got to say, all right, we got to right. stop everything and just talk through this, right. you know, or, or pray through this. Um, but yeah, having someone else pray as well, uh, not back on the delegation thing, but <laughs> to hear how each person prays differently mm-hmm. in your group too. Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. It's just wonderful. I mean, like, somebody who could be so shy and never actually speak up, but when they pray and they ramble off every prayer request, you're just like, right. man, like <laughs> I, I've almost thought about assigning one person to pray. Cause I've heard them pray and I'm like, man, that's a, we're all blessed just to listen to you speak to the Lord right now. So yeah. mm. we don't that's have good. that role delegated, but I've thought about it. So yeah, yeah. it's wonderful. Do you have any quiet people in your group that, oh, yeah. that you have to work to draw oh, out? Yeah, there's definitely some who uh, are content to not say anything the whole time. But those moments when they do speak up, those are some of the sweetest moments for everybody in the group. Just because you know that it's a very intentional and well thought out moment when that person does speak up. Right. <laughs> and they probably prayed about speaking up, didn't <laughs> yeah, they? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So That's good. Some of us can just ramble. Looking at the three oh, of us I'm, in this room. Yeah, I'm 100% guilty here. Yeah. Right yeah. Doing so, it right now. And since we know none of your group members are listening to this podcast, do, right, you, right, do you have right. any that are very outspoken that you kind of have to lead to help listen to the others? No, not really. No, we don't, we don't have any runaway. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> it's probably me, guys. It's probably me. So. Yeah, we, we can get away with that when we're the leaders. Right. We should have had so. Drew in here as well. Yeah, you might yeah. follow up with Drew. We should have. Man, we Love can't it. get Zach to stop talking. Yeah, we'll do point <laughs> counterpoint. Next. Yeah, right. Where are you going to cool. go after X? I don't know. I uh, hadn't thought that far ahead, man. That's a good question. Um, yeah. We sort of take it one book at a time. So, have y'all? Uh, how often do you follow along with the sermon based things versus just doing a book of the Bible? We, we've been doing a book of our, the Bible the whole time we've been meeting, and t- yeah, which so we've never really followed along with yeah. necessarily what Brookhills is doing. So, so what did you start with? We did Colossians, and mm-hmm. then we did First John, and then we've done First Samuel and Hebrews. Okay, so, yeah, cool. Wendy was poking me in the side yesterday because uh we had just talked about doing malachi mm. next and here comes matt talk or dennis talking about how matt's mm-hmm, gonna yeah. do it and i'm like oh man <laughs> <laughs> now i can't <laughs> or maybe i should or you just have to wait yeah wait i don't really know word, like, right, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. but no that's exciting yeah it's good that's stuff. cool cool what um what one thing would you say you've learned in the last couple of years being a small group leader what's uh what's the biggest lesson you've learned that you'd pass on to somebody that might be a new small group leader about start leading a group, anything you can think of? Yeah. You know, I think when I went into this role, what I thought was going to be the biggest responsibility was like teaching weekly, right? It feels like, okay, I got to teach Bible study every week. That's sort of what I'm doing. I mean, obviously I'm sharing that with Drew. So we, we share that burden and we ask other guys to teach, but I think leading a small group is so much more than just teaching once a week. You know what I mean? That's sort of what we think about. Okay. Right. I've got to do this thing. I've got to perform in this way. That's what people are going to be seeing me do. But um, yeah, just so much more goes into it, whether that's, um, you know, looking ahead and planning, but just thinking about each member's needs and trying to meet their needs. Um, whether that's just, Hey, we haven't had so-and-so over in our home in a while. Let's have them over. And mm-hmm. um, those sorts of things I think are a bigger part of the responsibility than just the weekly teaching. If that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. That's good. 
Well, that's about our time for this week. And uh, so, Zach, we want to thank you for being with us tonight. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks for leading. Yeah, it's a joy to be here, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Well, that's all for this episode of the Great Groups Podcast. Please do subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you won't miss the next episode. Also, visit us online at greatgroups.org and leave a comment there. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening today. We'll be back next time with a conversation that inspires you to make disciples. And that's the point of great groups. Make disciples.